Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our greatest treasure. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is the second lesson that we heard a few minutes ago, found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the familiar words, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, dear friends, pop culture pop quiz. Ready? Who said the following quotes? Elementary, my dear Watson. Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, we all know that one. Sherlock Holmes. Except he didn't. In none of the stories, the Sherlock Holmes stories written by the author Arthur Conan Doyle, never once does he utter that line. How about this one? This one should be easy for those of us who are Green Bay Packer fans. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Vince Lombardi? Nope. <laughs> it was not Vince Lombardi. It was actually uh, the coach of the UCLA football team in the 1950s, a man by the name of Red Sanders, who said that famous line. Or another one. Let them eat cake. Marie Antoinette, right? Haven't you heard that one? Showing how utterly out of touch with the common people she was, except she too never said that phrase. Or then there's this one. Money is the root of all evil. Well, that's in the Bible, right? St. Paul wrote that. I know you guys know better than that. You just heard what Paul actually was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. There seems to be a lot of confusion, not just about what Paul wrote there in 1 Timothy, but in general, what God has to say to his people about money and worldly wealth. On the one hand, you have some who, who make it out as if money is evil and, and that therefore God's people shouldn't have at least very much of it. And then there's the opposite. Those of you who are in the adult Bible class last Sunday, we watched a little video clip of a very famous TV preacher who basically said, God wants you to be wealthy and have lots of possessions. And often they say, and, and I want you to share them with me so I can be wealthy and have a lot of possessions too. So what does God really say on this topic of, of, of money, of, of wealth? Let's dig a little deeper into these words that God inspired St. Paul to record in his letter to Timothy, his first letter to Timothy. As he tells us, stop envying the wealth you don't have, but rather start enjoying the wealth you do have. Let's put to rest this notion about money being evil once and for all, this is what money truly is. Money is not evil. It's not even neutral. Possessions and wealth and money 
are good. That's right, they're good. How can I say that? Well, because of this. Unless you gain money and possessions by dishonest and sinful means, God is the source of our money and worldly wealth and possessions. Moses wrote in, in Deuteronomy, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Money is good. Possessions are good because they're gifts from God. The, the problem is not money and wealth. It's often our attitude about money and wealth. And the problem too often is this. Love is our attitude. Loving money and wealth. You know, God wants his people to love, right? He tells husbands and wives, love your spouse. He commands children, love your parents. He commands all of us, love your neighbor. But he never commands us, love your money. There is no commandment that says, thou shalt love thy SUV or thy 401k or whatever other possession we may have. Here is what God does command, though. Love him. The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods. In other words, God says, you shall not love anyone or anything more than you love me. But when we begin to love money, possessions, worldly wealth, then we are crowding God out of the number one spot in our heart. We heard Jesus say in the gospel, you cannot serve both God and money. There simply is not enough room in the human heart to love both God and money. This hits close to home. This hard truth of our Lord Jesus hits close to home because to one degree or another, all of us are guilty of at least at times trying to squeeze into our heart both love for God and love for money and worldly wealth and possessions. Let's call it what it is. Love of money is idolatry. I don't know anyone who has ever you know, laid a $100 bill on the floor and bowed down to it or prayed to the almighty dollar. But when we make money and wealth and possessions and things the focus of our lives, it becomes our God. How foolish. How foolish that is. First of all, because it... it, it finally, won't give you any satisfaction. As Solomon said, the more you have, the more you want. The more you want, the less satisfied you are, the more miserable you are. But there's something far worse than just not being happy in life that comes from letting money crowd God out of our heart. St. Paul, in our second lesson this morning, gives us the worst result of doing that. He says, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. 
He says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Crowding God out of our lives in favor of, of money and things can result in God being crowded out of our life forever. Paul says people who do that have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Like, like, like taking an arrow, doing that wounds. It, it, it drives deep and, and that wound can be mortal, fatal, eternal. We all are guilty of trying to do that, squeezing the love of money into our heart and squeezing out the love of God. That hard truth hits home with all of us. So all of us need to recognize it and need to repent of it. Stop envying the wealth you don't have because doing that is making wealth, money, possessions your God. But the other side of the coin that God tells us in his word this morning is this. Stop envying the wealth you don't have, but start enjoying the wealth you do have. God wants us to enjoy the blessings that he gives to us. That's the opposite of, of envy. The opposite of envy is, is, is contentment. Be happy with what we have. That doesn't mean that you can't look for a better paying job or, or be careful in managing your retirement funds. That's not what he's saying. But he is saying find joy in the wealth God gives to you. And that starts with this, recognizing what the real wealth that he's blessed us is. Paul writes not just Contentment is great gain. He says godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, that's faith. Trusting in our Savior Jesus Christ. That, that, that gift that he has given to us through word and sacrament by his Holy Spirit. That is your greatest possession. That is your true treasure. That kind of treasure won't let you down. You know, making money your God, that is foolish because money makes a lousy God. Money makes a lousy God because money will abandon you in the end. But God won't. And faith in him will not let you down because God will not let you down. That gives us real peace and joy and satisfaction. And bottom line, best of all, it leads to the one thing that money cannot possibly buy, yet the one thing that everyone so desperately needs, eternal life. That's ours. Right now. We have it right now. We possess that right now through our God-given gift of faith, through what Jesus Christ our Savior has done for us. That's what he's gifted us with. But don't forget about the other kind of wealth, too worldly wealth, money, and possessions. Sure, they're, they're nothing compared to the eternal wealth that God gives to us through faith in Jesus. They're nothing compared to that. But they are indeed blessings from God. And God wants us to enjoy 
that wealth. St. Paul writes about that at the end of our lesson. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. God wants us to enjoy the blessings of worldly wealth that he gives to us. Now, when, when St. Paul says, command those who are rich, you know, maybe we're hearing that and going, well, that's not talking about me. Well, actually, while most of us, all of us maybe, compared to so many other people in our nation and our, even our community, will not look very wealthy. Compared to just about the, everyone in the rest of the world, we are wealthy. Whether we have a little or a lot, we are wealthy. We are all wealthy enough to be generous. And that's the best way to enjoy the blessings of worldly wealth that God gives to us. To use it to help others. To use it for those who are in need, but perhaps the greatest, not just perhaps, undoubtedly, the greatest need and the greatest way we can use it is to help others get to know Jesus. In other words, by using our worldly wealth, a portion of that that we have between us and God determined to set aside to support the gospel ministry that is there to tell people about Jesus. Paul writes as pretty much what Jesus said in the gospel at the end. He says, In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Please don't misunderstand what Paul is saying there or what Jesus said in the gospel. Paul certainly isn't saying use wealth to, 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 to help other people and to support gospel ministry, and you will earn a spot in heaven. Of course he didn't say that, and he didn't mean that. This is the same Paul, remember, that also wrote, it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. No, what he is saying, though, is this. When we use and enjoy the worldly wealth that God blesses us with to help others and to to, to help others know about Jesus, God will indeed remember that on the last day so that faith, this godliness with contentment, shows itself. That's what faith is. Faith loves God. Faith loves others. Faith is generous. Faith shares. No, Money is not the root of all evil. But the proper perspective on money is a perspective that God has, an eternal perspective. Because in the end, a hundred years from now, all the money you have will not make a bit of difference. You can't take it with you. It will make no difference. What does make a difference is your faith in Jesus Christ your Savior. Be careful. Let us be very careful that we don't envy the wealth we don't have and try to squeeze that love of money into our hearts which squeezes out our Savior Jesus.
instead. Enjoy the wealth you have. Enjoy the blessings of money and possessions that God gives you, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little. Use it. Use it wisely. Use it generously. And finally, remember the greatest wealth that we all have. That's heaven. It's yours. Enjoy it. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.